Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Tell Me Southern podcast. I'm Logan, and here with me today is my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, what are your feelings on chess? I'm not really good at it, and I get bored really easily. Have you checked out the Netflix series, uh, The Queen's Gambit? Because that is a very interesting Netflix series about chess that, you know, I hadn't really thought about chess in a long time, but uh, really got me back into it. Is it like the history of the game, or is it... It's about a f- one of the first famous uh, female players of chess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's And kind of the struggles that she went through, not only with, you know, learning the game. Honestly, learning the game was probably the easy aspect for her. Dealing with her upbringing and society and other problems. I'm not going to spoil too much. Yeah, I found it very interesting. In fact, I'm probably going to turn it on after this is over and see how much more, many more episodes I can get through, but really enjoying it so far. Do you yeah, have... I, go ahead. I think the last chess movie I watched is... There's a movie called Queen of Katawe, Kata, Katawe, something like that. The one with about, the uh, girl from India? Is that right? Or No, it's from Uganda. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o plays her mom. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty good movie. Um, definitely like an inspiring, like awesome story movie about chess. Well, I think I think I remember the vagaries, but I never actually saw it because I don't. Was that in theaters? I don't even remember. Uh, it came out in twenty sixteen. Oh. Yeah, a limited film release, and then it came out. But I, I mean, I didn't. I saw it. It was on TV one day, and I watched it like a couple years ago. Well, because it was interesting. I think that's another kind of similar aspect story where you're dealing with direct bringing and the surrounding world. At least since I never saw it, I'm just guessing. But it sounded it sounds similar in concept. There's also a musical chess, um, whose most famous song I remember is One Night in Bangkok. A musical about chess? or I believe the name of the musical is Chess, and it is about chess. Okay. Can't say yeah. that I'm familiar with that one, but... They got musicals about a lot of things nowadays. Yeah, I think the most popular uh, song, the only one I can never remember is One Night in Bangkok. Hmm, okay, well, I'll... Makes the hard man humble. I'll have to, I guess, look into that. I don't know, that's... It also sounds kind of kinky for a musical about chess. But... Um, but... Oh, it was a Tim Rice musical. All right. Well, speaking of hard upbringings, if you're a Georgia Tech fan, you've had a tough one this year. Uh, So last week, how much do you really want to go into it? Georgia Tech lost to Boston College. I would just say in general, it did not look good. Uh, Boston College kind of dominated us in the run game and just pushed us around and turnovers didn't help things. So I guess, uh, what, do you have anything that you really want to add to the commentary, Andrew? All you really need to know is that going into that game, Boston College averaged 66 yards on the ground, and against Georgia Tech, they had like 230. Yeah, I don't know if that was their game plan, because they, they seem to intentionally shy away from the passing game, because Jeff Sims had the most passing yards in the game, 171 <laughs> yards, Whereas, comparatively, Boston College had been a very pass-happy offense coming into that matchup. So I don't know if they just saw something or if that was their game plan, like, we're going to 
run it and control it and not give them the chance to beat us on silly turnovers. I, I don't know. But good good design by Boston College. Uh, bad play by Georgia Tech in general. Oh. Yeah, you know, I, I really do like a team that, you know, they decided to do it and they did it. You know, they didn't try to get cute. They said, hey, don't think they can stop the run. We're going to run the ball, and that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, can't complain too much about that. Uh, well, at least if you're a Boston College fan. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've gotten to the point where I don't even get mad anymore. I just laugh because we're terrible. I don't get mad at teams for being good. But, yeah, I mean, it is it is what it is. Um, other notable highlights, uh, Michigan-Minnesota was not as close as we thought it was going to be. <laughs> Michigan ran away with that. Uh, and honestly, it was never in doubt if uh, you actually watched the game. Uh, Michigan pretty much had it the entire way. They coasted in the second half. So I think, I don't know. It's hard to gauge. I want to say, again, because we didn't know much about either team going into this. Uh, Minnesota did put up a solid run game with Mohamed Ibrahim, 140 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, but I think Michigan would just settle in in the red zone and kept them from scoring pretty consistently. They also just kind of generally controlled the clock, controlled the uh, ball. I think it's it's kind of tough to say if Michigan will challenge Ohio State. I don't know that I even want to say that because we've seen this song before, heard this song before. Uh, but, in fact, I'm pretty sure there's a musical called Ohio State Beats Michigan. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how much hope I've got, but this does really look good to at least start off the season. Do you have any thoughts about this or any other big 10 matchups you kind of want to summarize? I think there's one that we have to talk about, but, uh, do you have any thoughts on the Michigan Minnesota game, Andrew? No, you know, Michigan came out a little good. And I think kind of, it was a good win for that program to say, you know, Minnesota, you're getting company slow your roll. We're still kind of the big dogs on, on the street, as well as I, I never want to count Michigan against Ohio State because I don't think Harbaugh's yet to beat them, so I don't really have any reason to think that he might do it again. But uh, especially with, and I'm sure this is kind of segment our next game with Penn State losing, it kind of makes it, in my mind, a, a two-horse race because as good as Wisconsin might be, I, I still think it's going to be Michigan-Ohio State. You don't, you know, you're not giving the nod to Rutgers to win the Big Ten. Hey, you know, as much shit as I've talked about Rutgers for the past couple of weeks, um, good on them, man. Greg Schiano going back to New Jersey and going back and, and winning their first conference game in two years. Uh, you know, good for them. That's awesome for the Scarlet Knights. It'll be interesting to see if it's something they're building on or, or just kind of an aberration. Well, and I mean, uh, you, we're here. I'm even still seeing the news reports come out. If they were going to do it, Michigan State was the team to do it against because they're kind of slowly falling apart internally. But I mean, yeah, if you're a Rutgers fan, a win's a win. You got to be pretty happy about it. <laughs> so, uh, considering where you've been in the last three years or so, so yeah, I would definitely hype it up. But with that said, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about. Um, honestly, I didn't. I mean, I mean, does get to play Illinois and Maryland, who are very winnable games on their schedule. Now, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, eh, eh, maybe not. What about uh, Indiana over there? Uh, uh, well, so I was going to start screaming about nine win Indiana, um, etc. 
except that they only play eight games. <laughs> so those minor, those minor so, details. So hypothetically, we could get a nine-win Indiana. They either have to win the Big Ten, which I don't think is going to happen, or lose the Big Ten title game but win their bowl game if we have bowls this year. Yeah, I mean, they could potentially sweep. So They could sweep yeah. the Big Ten, win the championship, and then just lose all their other matchups. Which, honestly, I think would be worse. So, is it possible a 9-0 Big Ten champion Indiana, would they get into the playoff? Uh, if you're just asking me directly, given what I've seen out of the Big 12, and given that I don't know what the state of the Pac-12 will be, yeah, if they're undefeated, uh, which I would assume means they beat Ohio State, uh, yeah. They would have beat they would have beaten Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and whomever they would play again in the championship. Which would game. probably be Ohio State twice. So yeah, I would have to say Is Indiana in the West? No, Indiana East, so they would actually have to play the winner of the West, which I, my money's on Wisconsin. Well wait, is it so this is more of like a gosh, a meta question if you're a D and D fan. But, uh, yeah, I thought this year it was just the top two out of the Big Ten. I didn't think they were dividing it into the I, I was in the We're still doing East and West. And what they were doing on Championship Weekend is they were pairing both divisions. So, like, the first in the East will play the first in the West. The second in the East will play the second in the West all the way down. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. That was my impression. Um, which, again, that's why I think that, you know, Wisconsin's got to be your favorite to win the West. So you could have an Indiana that plays Wisconsin twice. Yeah, because I guess I was just buying off of what the ACC was doing. But, uh, yeah, I, I think if that's the case, then they would only beat Ohio State once, but I'd still give the nod to Indiana. I mean, that's the key thing, is if you beat Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State, uh, they already achieved one of those, Then and then you win the conference, and we know the Big 12 has already kind of knocked itself out unless something really ridiculous happens. Uh, Oklahoma, undefeated Oklahoma State. Yeah, uh, I'll believe it when I see it, because they still haven't played anybody. Well, they played Iowa State, uh, which we'll touch it on in a second. But they've still got the big games left on their schedule, so I don't know that I'm totally bought into a undefeated Oklahoma State. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that in mind, I think Indiana could get in, theoretically. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. Um, I would need to see more about what exactly is going to happen with these other conferences, because I still don't even fully understand. You told me the big the Pac-12 is playing uh, before the end of the year. Like, how's that yeah, going to play? They're playing in two weeks. Um, uh, not, I think they're only playing like six games, so I think they've pretty much taken themselves out of the playoff. I, I mean, maybe hypothetically an undefeated. USC or Washington, I guess. They're, they're actually only playing six games. Yeah, so that, I just don't see that happening. I don't either. I mean, um, an undefeated Oregon or an undefeated USC, maybe. But, I mean, Oregon Oregon plays no ranked teams. They play Stanford, Washington State, UCF, Oregon State, Cal, and Washington. So, like, I highly doubt that Pac-12 is going to be any kind of force in the playoff just because they don't play no games. I mean, the Big Ten's kind of pushing it in eight games. But a six-game season for the Pac-12 pretty much writes you out. Yeah, I mean, I would have to say at this point, whoever makes it out of the Big Ten, if they are undefeated, they get a playoff spot. Even if it's Indiana, even if it's Rutgers, that would be yeah, the, yeah, Scarlet Knights. Would be the weirdest fucking thing on the planet. Wait a minute, dude, it's 2020, all right? You never know what's going to happen. 
But yeah, I mean, I think that's a distinct possibility. My question would be who would be the fourth seed if they're going to squeeze in either a second SEC team or if they might do some kind of weird chicanery and have Notre Dame end up in there. Like if Notre Dame doesn't end up playing for the ACC championship, if like Notre Dame somehow it's like, well, technically they only lost to Clemson, so we found a way to work them in there. I, I wouldn't they only, Technically they only lost to Clemson twice. Yeah, I wouldn't throw it past the committee. But anyway, yeah, uh, back to your original question. I do think Indiana's got a chance. We've talked around the topic enough. Uh, do you want to bring up the Indiana-Penn State situation? Uh, I mean, they won. Go Indiana. Um, I want to credit the, the head coach and the quarterback for going for two in overtime and saying, you know what, to hell with it. <laughs> that was a, it was a very Paul Johnson move there to just be like, fuck this. We're, we're going to go and we'll either win or lose. Um, I think there's a lot of controversy about the – whether the ball was out as he went into the end zone, but I don't, I don't see any evidence on that tape that would overturn that call. I don't, don't know about you. I don't know what your thoughts were. Yeah, I think it was too close. I, I'm looking at the. I, I don't understand how Penn State lost this game. <laughs> You're just looking at it stat wise. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers, and I just I do not understand how Penn State lost this game. Uh, like they absolutely dominated in all of the points. They lost the turnover battle. Three to two, but they they held the ball for forty minutes. Uh, ten ten penalties for a hundred yards doesn't help. They averaged four point eight yards per carry. They held Indiana to one point six. Like Indiana had two hundred eleven total yards. They were four of twelve on third down. By all intents and purposes, Indiana should have lost this game. I have no idea what happened. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it was. I think it was timely turnovers obviously play a factor, but I think because if you get a short field, it definitely helps out. But, uh, I mean, Indiana has also consistently had uh, certain Big Ten teams' numbers, and I think Penn State, they're just kind of getting used to playing them. It's interesting. It's interesting to see because Penn State was also kind of like we talked about with UNC last week was playing a catch-up game, but because it got to overtime, I think that also kind of makes things less interesting. Uh, but moving on, the other big game, I guess, in the top 25 was Iowa State-Oklahoma State, and that was another one. Uh, it wasn't as big of a shootout as we thought, but very close. 21-24 Oklahoma State. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the matter. Uh we're going to talk about Chubba Hubbard probably in the Heisman candidate talk discussion. He didn't really put up as many yards as I had hoped for. He doesn't seem to be kind of delivering on the Heisman hype, especially when you got Brees Hall across the way with 185 yards and one touchdown. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think this is another one of those where with Oklahoma State coming down the stretch – They've got Texas this week, then they've got Kansas State, then they've got Oklahoma. That's their big three-game matchup. If they make it through that, who knows? Uh, and uh, even yeah. even though they're struggling, they're performing well enough. What are your thoughts? I don't know if you caught that game or not. I didn't really get a chance to watch it. Um, the low scoring is kind of fascinating because we're not used to those kind of games in the Big 12. But... You know, looking at the numbers, Oklahoma State lost the turnover battle, still won the game. 
uh, outgained them 461 to 389, 6 and 16 on third down, so they were able to stay on the field a little longer. Um, Spencer Sanders struggled with like two interceptions. Yeah, like you said, Hubbard got, in my mind, outplayed by, by Hall. Hall had more yards on less carries. And honestly, numbers wide, Hall's a better looking player statistically. But, you know, we know that the Heisman loves a, a great story. And I guess Cuba Hubbard might be the name they decided early on was, oh, hey, maybe we should look at this guy. Well, I think it's also, as we always talk about, it's the best player on the best team. Oklahoma State just beat Iowa State. Iowa State's got two losses. So they're pretty much out of the conversation. Sorry, guys. Um, other topics for the week. Uh, oh, ah, Ohio State beat Nebraska. No surprises there. Uh, Justin Fields, 20 for 21. So he's really regretting that one incompletion. Uh, 276 yards, two touchdowns, just crushed Notre Dame, uh, yeah, Nebraska, not Notre Dame. Um, you got it, uh, really quick, Alabama over Tennessee, yeah, too. I, mean, Alabama did what we to do. I, I will ask, so, I, we're going to talk to you about Heisman candidates in a few minutes, but, you know, I watched this game, or at least parts of this game. I know Matt Jones and Najee Harris are impressive stat-wise. Can we just give the Heisman to, like, an entire O-line? Because I was watching Najee Harris in this game, and I was like, well, fuck, with blocking like that, I could run into the end zone. Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like it's kind of unfair for these guys, but uh, not sure what your thoughts are. Um, But, yeah, any thoughts? Ohio State, Alabama – no, nothing particularly surprising. No, I mean they came out kind of did what we expected them to do. It really, it really, really made me sad to see Jalen Waddle get hurt. Mm, yeah, I mean that's part of the that's just kind of the risk you take uh, playing football, though. I think I don't uh, think yeah, it, 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 it absolutely is. It's just you, you still hate to see it. I don't think it's going to affect Alabama's playoff championships uh, possibilities, especially, I mean, really, I think they made it through their toughest part of the schedule at this point anyway. Maybe the toughest opponent left is Auburn. They got Mississippi State, LSU, Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They, they beat A&M pretty handily. Mississippi, Ole Miss was the toughest one, and then they beat Georgia pretty handily. So I, I I feel like this is a situation where they could probably get away with second stringers in the second half of the rest of these mashups. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting if they do kind of what Clemson does, where you get up big and empty the bench, so you end up playing like 70 guys in a game. A lot of your, your youth and your depth gets a lot of experience, which I think is one of the things that's really helped Clemson be as dumb they've been able to be for a couple of years is they're able to play a lot of younger guys early because they get these big leads. Yeah. I mean, I think that is kind of like part of the Alabama strategy, but um, Saban just doesn't like to run up the score. So I don't know if that might hinder them a bit. Uh, Other minor things that I just want to hit on real quick. Miami beat Virginia, but that was close. 19 to 14. North Carolina still... Uh, running at the top of the ACC. Uh, they're going to have to wait for a stumble from either Clemson or Notre Dame. 
but uh, they beat NC State handily, so I think they're the next uh, top three team, certainly. They, they play Notre Dame later in the year. So, yeah, there you go. One they on don't one. play Clemson. Well, which is for the best. That means they get a chance at them at the title spot and don't have to worry about it. Uh, Wake Forest, as we talked about, doing the turnaround. Ooh, that's good they uh, twenty three to sixteen. Although it sounds so sounds closer than it actually was, because Virginia Tech had to rely on an onside kick to even try and keep that game within range. Uh, Virginia Tech quarterback handed Hooker through three interceptions to the same guy. <laughs> it's always a good sign. That reminds uh, me. Freshman uh, freshman safety at uh, Wake, I believe his name's Nick Anderson. Yeah. Ole Miss continues to stumble, lost 35-28 to against Auburn. And uh, just one that I think maybe Andrew might appreciate, but I'm not sure anybody else cares about. San Jose State uh, beat Air Force 17-6. to Like, what? Air Force. <laughs> what even happened there? I don't know. Oh, the Zoomies. Um, but, yeah, I think that's all I've got. I think Houston, I think Houston beat Navy, too. Uh, I'm not surprised, though. Navy's really been off to a bad situation. Uh, do you have any other ones you want to highlight? Purdue at Iowa, or Iowa at Purdue, anything like that? Uh, no, I didn't really watch or pay attention to that one. Uh, Army kicking okay. Mercer to the curb. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, again, that's, that was expected. Yeah, so the, all that um, stuff Coastal, going on. Coastal won. I don't know if we talked about that. Oh, yeah. Coastal, Coastal Carolina beat uh, George Southern. Right. Which and, I loved because I love Coastal, but I was also sad because I was at the week before. No, no, you picked – that was last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tech beat Baylor. Uh, Georgia State beat Troy, which is a bit of an, uh, an upset, I think. Uh, Missouri beat Kentucky. Which you – know, Kentucky coming off that big win to Tennessee. And... <laughs> well, which – and also the big matchup. You kind of skipped over, but yeah, the matchup this week is now, I think, Georgia State at Coastal Carolina. So Coastal Carolina. Clears, baby. So we'll see how that one goes. I think Coastal oh, Carolina. Man. So I was watching the game, and I meant, I meant to screenshot it, and I forgot to, but they did a, like, an actual like, clear facts. And I think I'm pronouncing it wrong. I think it's pronounced differently. But apparently it comes from Chaucer and Canterbury Tales. Yeah, it does, actually. No, you're, you're right. Chanticleer. Chanticleer. Uh, but anyway. All right, I don't know. West Virginia. I don't know if it's like a... Yeah, I'm actually kind of concerned now that you brought up the mispronunciation. Maybe I've been saying it wrong this whole time. <laughs> Damn you, Andrew. Oh, and Louisville took it to Florida State. Uh, yeah. That was weird. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's talk Heisman, I guess. Um... Yeah, we usually wait till later in the year, but because uh, I think everybody was kind of waiting to see when the Big Ten started up, if that was going to change the odds. And I think certainly per what Vegas has, um, the odds have certainly shifted a lot. I think right now the favorite has come out to be Trevor Lawrence, but which I think you could probably guess. Do you want to give me your top five? For Heisman odds, Andrew, who do you? Five of who, who I think it should be, or who it is. I want you to give me your guess for who Vegas currently has betting wise as the top five Heisman trophy. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously Justin Fields. Number three is Justin Fields. Yep. Um, Mac Jones. Number two. Najee Harris. Number four. 
No, in fact, he's not even in the top ten. Travis Etienne. Mm, nope, he is number eight, I believe. Eight, yeah. Ah, damn, is Chuba Hubbard that high? Uh, no, Chuba Hubbard is ten. It is Kyle Trask out of Florida. I thought they've been really bad recently. I thought so too, but this is this was updated. Um, yeah, this was updated two days ago, and according to Vegas. Kyle Trask, number five. Kyle Trask has thrown for less yards than Jeff Sims. Followed closely by Joe Milton out of Michigan. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. The one one that I will agree with, Zach Wilson is at seven, which I I think... I like that one. Um, Most people hate BYU, but I like that one. He's put out some pretty ridiculous numbers. numbers. Yeah, that's my thing. Uh, I like him... um, Liberty, but Malik Willis, the quarterback at Liberty's, played pretty well. He's got 1,100 yards passing, but also almost 500 yards on the ground. So he's been a really good dual threat. Um, he's only thrown nine touchdowns. Uh, six of them were in one game against Southern Miss. And again, everyone hates Liberty. Yeah. I think, um, I think again, if we're talking about the best player on the best team, that he's not even on the list. And that's, no, well, that's not... And that's why, you know, I looked at, like, yeah. I think Spencer Rattler probably get some discussions just because he's the quarterback at Oklahoma who's put up pretty good numbers. Um, unfortunately, Dylan Gabriel at UCF and Shane Michelle at SMU are probably not going to get discussed. And yeah. then, you know, so my wife doesn't kill me, Sam Howell and then the two running backs in North Carolina um, are all going to steal. Kind of like Ian and, and Lawrence and Clemson, they're kind of got to steal the thunder from each other. I did like, I had this conversation with a person at work where it's like, uh, Sam Howard's better than people thought. And I'm like, I thought they all thought he was pretty good. Like, where is this coming from? Yeah. I mean, again, I didn't, I, I knew he was good. Like, I went to him last year and knew he was good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most people thought he was a very talented quarterback. I don't know where that's coming from. But yeah, if you look at the rest of the list, it's all pretty much Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, uh, Etienne, Sermon, Devonta Smith, uh, the running backs and wide receivers from those three schools. And then the only like oddities again are Chubba Hubbard out of Oklahoma state and Brock Purdy out of Iowa state is very bottom of the list. Uh, just, I, I thought think, he was a name kind of like the beginning of the year, but I don't think he's played really well. Well, after two losses, it's just hard. I don't understand though, how Kyle Trask makes it to the top five. Like, does it make any sense? Because Florida hasn't been very good. He's thrown for less yards than Jeff Sims. Like, let's put that out for a second. Is there like, is, yeah, I was wondering if it's like one of these where it's just like, because I'm not a quarter, I'm not like a pro style offense quarterback. And like, I just don't understand what he's putting up in training. And I don't know how it works, but I, I don't know. I mean, he's also, he's also only played three or three games. Like, I guess like the one interception to 14 touchdowns is pretty good. You know, he threw six touchdowns against Ole Miss and four against South Carolina. So I mean, that was good. I, I guess my key thing is like, and I guess you could put it on the defense. They lost to Texas A&M. I mean, if you're going to put him in the talk, then he should beat a team like that. that. I mean, you could argue that it's like, oh, it's not his fault. The defense screwed up or it was turnovers. But it's like, if you're going to have a Heisman candidate be in the discussion. You shouldn't be talking about a guy who loses a game like that. But I, I don't know. 
Uh, maybe they're arguing that they could still be the best or second best team in the East, I guess. But, well, we'll know in two weeks. Yeah. Which I guess also brings up, um, which you probably won't want to talk about, but I mean, why, if that's the case, then why isn't the uh, Georgia quarterback on there? But Obviously, he got blown up by Alabama and he's a turn DUI lawyer. <laughs> yeah, probably, um, probably plays a factor. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his actual numbers look like. I mean, I'm pulling him up to take a look at him. Uh, he's thrown for 958 yards. I mean, he's got a rating of 153.9. He's putting together an okay season, but again, I mean, and there's a lot. You know, Georgia wins out, wins the the FD. It might be something worth looking at, but there's a lot of it. I feel like with the Heisman. Nine times out of ten, if the hyped preseason names play the way you expect them to, no matter what you do, you're screwed if you're not his name. So, like, Trevor Lawrence getting hurt or having a bad season, Justin Fields having a bad season, Travis Etienne having a bad season, Najee Harris having a bad season. You know, I mean, the fact that you still, like you said, Brock Purdy is still there. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is also just a weird year. I was kind of hoping for more unique upsets, but, of course, I'm just reading what the odds makers are putting out, so maybe there's some more talk down the line. I was kind of curious to see if Phil Jerkovic might have been up there, but I... I, I made him look like a dual threat player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or UCF's quarterback, for that matter. Uh, what's his yeah, name? That, Gabriel, I love him. I mean, he's a hell of a player. He leads the country in passing yards. He's got 19 touchdowns to two interceptions. He's got a rating of 170.9. I mean, his problem is, I think if this was an undefeated UCF, he would get a little more love, but because they've got two, and they're they're a group of five teams. So anyone that's a group of five teams, you pretty much got to be undefeated, undefeated, have a chance. Yeah, he's got two losses. Yeah, see, there there lies the problem is you got to have that uh, that. I mean, I, I watched it beat the shit out of us. So <laughs> you got to have that best team aspect, and if it's not, if you're not the best team, then it, it doesn't matter. Um, and throw for six hundred yards in the losing effort against Memphis. Yeah. And then I'm kind of looking at the other ones. I mean, Kellen Mond would have been interesting, but his stats are just not good. But part of that's because he got trounced by Alabama. I mean, his, his rating's not bad. It's just he's never going to – you're never going to get those kind of stats after you get crushed like that. Uh, I mean, I know it's kind of weird, but I, I do. I'm really liking uh, – the quarterback out of BYU. I'm kind of sad that he's not going to get taken seriously. Zach Wilson is putting up some ridiculous numbers, and he's got a 210.4 passing rating. So yeah, I, I, it's a shame. It's a shame he won't get taken seriously. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been, I'm trying to look at their schedule to see if they've got any big time. They play Boyd Nate on the 6th of November, which that, I guess, is going to be their big statement game. Because, I mean, their schedule's just not great. Didn't they, that's their problem. Didn't they have, like, a... Oh, yeah, against Army. I was about to say, they yeah, had one that they got... They're, they're an independent, so they've kind of got to schedule as best they can. I mean, what's going to be crazy is... I, I, I mean, I honestly think an undefeated BYU gets left out of the playoff. Even, even though I would love to have a chance. I mean, again, I think they just need another ranked victory and they don't have enough the only one again is boise state and they're really going to suffer for that army drop off because it would have looked great at the time army was undefeated nobody was else was playing army was ranked very high so uh from a visual standpoint it would have looked great to have that matchup and be like you know a top 15 army if you win that game that looks fantastic but uh 
Uh, I don't think you're going to get that as things go down the line. I just don't think Army's going to – I'm not probably going to piss you off, Andrew. I just don't see Army continuing to uh, have that same kind of success level. But No, I mean, it's – you know, Army, they've only got one loss. So actually, they're a huge game. They play airport on the 7th, um, which will be interesting. Uh, and then obviously Army-Navy. Do you see that Army-Navy got moved to West Point this year? Uh, yeah, I did see that. Um, that'll, be, that'll be pretty cool, actually. Well, I, I think it was for the best, uh, but it will definitely make the atmosphere more intense, uh, if nothing else. Uh, I'll be curious to see how that plays out. But yeah, the Army's already a little bit too. Well, yeah, they they're already hyping up. Um, I'm part of their mailing list since I went to the Army Navy game once. They're already hyping up going to the Independence Bowl. So I guess they have determined that that's where they're going. I don't know. So. I've been to Shreveport. Don't go. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why they would want to go there, but that's what they're hyping up. So we'll see how it goes. Go to Shreveport. Don't go to the Independence But yeah, I think those are the main contendants, contesters, because uh, Texas and Oklahoma have kind of like knock themselves I mean, out. I mean, if Oklahoma wins out and Rattler puts up eight numbers, I think he might still be talked about. Um, I mean, Ellinger, again, the problem like that is we're getting to these teams with two losses, and as we've learned outside of, I think, RG3, the year he won it, Baylor had three losses. The, the Heisman winner's been on like a one-loss team. I do like that uh, Indiana's quarterback is named Michael Penix Jr. That's, that's a great name. He's um, pretty cool. But I don't think he's going to be a Heisman candidate, so that's it. No, unless we get nine Indiana. <laughs> you never know. Um, so going into next week, or this week, I guess, uh, there ain't a lot of good matchups, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I think there's only one top 25 matchup. Uh, that would be Ohio State at Penn State, who just, got, uh, who just lost a close one to Indiana, so they've taken a bit of a drop in the standings. Number three at number 18. Uh, the rest of them are pretty – I would say there are a couple of close matchups. You could look at, like, Texas-Oklahoma State um, and, uh, I don't know, <laughs> uh, Georgia-Kentucky. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, it's it, most of these games are going to be uh, pretty one-sided inside the top 25. And then you're looking at a couple of ones that could be close outside of the top 25. LSU at Auburn, Northwestern at Iowa. Those are some interesting matchups. Uh, I'll just, since normally we talk about the interesting matchups and there aren't really any, I'll just turn it over to you, Andrew. Uh, what are you kind of looking for this weekend, or do you have any matchups that, or players that you kind of want to keep an eye out for? So my parents made a visit this weekend, so I'm probably not going to watch a lot of football. Oh, there you um, go. It was a good weekend for them to visit. There it you go. is, because George Tech sucks. Uh, yeah, Indiana Rutgers, I think, is interesting because both teams are coming off big wins, so it'll be interesting to see if either of them can build off of that, especially if it's a Rutgers win, because, you know, they won that first conference game ever. That's a lie, since 2017, last year, last week. Uh, TCU-Baylor, both of them are reeling. Uh, TCU, especially, they've been really poor defensively, which is not something we're used to from a Gary Patterson team. Northwestern blew out. Whoever they played, so Maryland. they should have yeah, but Maryland, if they have momentum, pushing there. Uh, Virginia Tech, Louisville. You know, Louisville come in and, and knocked around Florida State. Virginia Tech, again, kind of reeling from the Wake Forest loss. 
Uh, Charlotte Duke, I think, would be fun because I really want Charlotte Duke. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, are you seriously <laughs> saying Charlotte's going to beat Duke? Oh, my gosh. I would love for Charlotte to beat Duke. Uh, but, yeah, like it's, it's really a dearth of, of a lot of games. Coastal Carolina, Georgia State might be pretty good in that uh, noon slot. Kansas State, West Virginia might be another one. Memphis, Cincinnati would be fun. I really like Cincinnati, so that, that'll be a good one. Um, Clemson's a 31-point favorite against Boston College, so Clemson the game is not do they win, the game is do they cover, which they did not against Syracuse last week, I believe. Yeah, they've been getting some very high numbers ever since they destroyed us. So. Um, South Alabama, Georgia Southern is tomorrow night, 7.30, which will be a fun game, both at 3-2 and two on the Sun Belt. Uh, Notre, Notre Dame's getting 20 points against us, so that's uh, good. Oh, they're going to cover it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. We get it at home, and we get those terrifyingly bad uniforms. So, uh, so oh my god! <laughs> I, I mean, again, I'm an old man. I, I hate newfangled garbage. I want traditional. Like, I love Penn State's uniforms. I love Alabama's uniforms. I love Auburn's uniforms. I love Ohio State's uniforms. Like, traditional uniforms are what I want. Wear white at home, Georgia Tech. Stop being weird. Um, you're also like commemorating. Albeit a really, really, really good defense at Georgia Tech, but it was only two years, 84 and 85, which is awesome. Like, the defense was really good. I don't want to take it away from them, but our defense is terrible. Like, really terrible. I think it's a cute idea. I think it was executed at a poor time, if that makes any sense. I kind of would have appreciated it more had we gone with, you know... uh, Maybe a different team or some or a different kind of like maybe like if we had done the children's donation thing, I think that would have been so, good. So um, actually, we do currently have a children's donation thing where for every us we have on money now, we're supposed to donate a certain amount of money to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. So how much um, of that we, has been zero? <laughs> I probably not a lot. Um, we have been terrible on third down both succeeding on offense and stopping on defense. So it's really kind of a bad look that we're not donating money to the kids. Well, I guess I'm just pointing out, like, it would have been good. I think we wore those, like, green-ish uniforms. I I don't know what you call them. Teal, maybe, against one time. And I wasn't wasn't blown away. Uh, You're talking about the the Choa ones? I think they were gray, technically. Yeah, I don't know what the... They look green to me, but yeah, I guess they were supposed to be gray. But yeah, I mean, I didn't have a problem with those. I was just kind of like, you know, it's a little different, uh, but it's not terrible. I just think it's weird to have, I guess, to highlight a big defense like that and then be like, um, okay, so we're just going to wear not our team colors and not our stuff. I don't know. It, it, it's iffy to me. I, I feel like it would have been cooler if we had done like a throwback instead of a straight up like new design for it. That'd be kind of yeah. that's kind of weird. But anyway, I, I agree with you. But I don't know. we we've done a lot of so annoying. We we went through this whole rig about like unifying branding and unifying color schemes and blah 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 blah. blah, blah. But then we're doing dumb stuff that I don't feel like helps any of that. Well, I think there's also, 
I mean, it also might just be a misunderstanding between, uh, I don't know if cultures is the right term, age groups. Because as you pointed out, like, we're both kind of older people. Maybe the kids really like this style. I don't fucking know. It's, I doubt it. But, you know. I'm not, I'm not a 17 or 18 year old kid trying to get recruited or anything, so. Yeah, I mean, for all I know, maybe they do really dig the idea of different looking uniforms and, you know, changing it up. I, maybe they like these uniforms. Beats the fuck out of me, but. I just know that I'm looking at them and I'm like, this is not, these are not great uniforms. I don't know. But anyway, that's just my takeaway. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah it's, I, I know it's, it's the same thing with, you know, a lot of Collins shtick. Like, I know that it's not for me. I get that it's not for me. Doesn't mean I really like it. Yeah. Oh, it's so. fine. It'll all, it'll, I mean, either way, we'll, uh, we'll wear them and then we'll, uh, sell them online and make some money, I guess, and see how Maybe that we'll goes. Maybe we'll somewhere along the way. Yeah, who knows? If we get some stops on third down, that would help my, nice. that would help my, uh, attitude as well, or, uh, my, uh, emotional state. Okay, so I guess that's pretty much it for the other matchups. Do you want to talk about Ohio State-Penn State before we close out? I mean, it'll be a bounce-back game if Penn State can win it. I don't really have a lot of faith in them because, again, like they lost a game, but I still don't understand how they lost it. And now they're going against easily the top team in the conference. So, you know, the saving grace is it is at home, but it's not a full crowd. Not going to get the same balance that you would get from a full crowd. Um, they're a team where their quarterback is the leading rusher as well as leading passers. So who really knows what's going to happen with that? Uh, the Ohio State defense actually giving up more yards than Penn State's defense, but they only gave up only 17 points. So That might also be with the fact that they probably switched out the teams halfway through the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they, they, they emptied the bench. They're a 12-point favorite, 79% chance of winning. I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's Ohio State. Um, well, I'm kind of curious if this is a whiteout game, not to bring up the fact that they're not going to be a lot of fans in the stand. I'm like, huh, what would a whiteout game look like in this scenario? But, uh... Um, I guess my thought would just be that I think it'll definitely be closer than people expect. Um, Because I think Penn State is one of those teams, especially when you get a team at home. They put up a good fight. They have over the past few years. Um, But yeah, Ohio State's just got more talent. And uh, I think a lot of people will get upset and kind of disagree with this. But I think Ohio State also has more stable coaching at the moment. So... I think that Ohio State will go in and they will win probably by a touchdown. I don't know about by like 12 points. That might be a bit much, but they'll probably win by a touchdown or so. So, yeah, I would I would say Ohio State walks away with the win pretty easily. More, um, And, yeah, I think that's all i got to say on this one. <laughs> Georgia Tech's going to lose. Clemson's going to win. Georgia's going to win. Uh, who else? Is Alabama even play this week? Oh yeah, they played Mike Leach. Feel bad for your bro, man. He's he's not doing yeah, so much. It's just been a, just a rough. Well, after the first game, I think the turnovers hit hard. It's just a hard to understand offense, and uh, quarterback has not transitioned well. Uh, Ohio State's gonna win, and I think the whoever the four team is is not 
Oh, Notre Dame. That's right. They're going to kick her ass. All right. So, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Anything else before we close out? No, that's really all I got. All right. Thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. You guys have a good rest of your week, and I hope you enjoy the college football this weekend. Good night, everybody.